0: Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. Um, listen, my my job tonight is very simple. I was telling my wife that um, a lot of times pastors and churches do a lot of extra uh, work to try to tell a simple story. And um, the, the simple story I want to share with you tonight, uh, there are going to be four uh, points to this story. Inspiration, incarnation, restoration, and an invitation. And uh, so in this process tonight, uh, I want to just tell you a story and invite you into that story. Um, here's the thing. My, uh, my family and I, I must confess, we um, are, are going to be in Florida in a couple of days. And so I was like, I want a series That's going to let me get myself mentally ready for uh, Florida. And uh, so as we were putting together ideas for series and things, we talked about Christmas in Paradise. You see, in the Bible, uh, the scripture describes this word paradise as uh, a reference towards heaven. Uh, Three times in the New Testament, uh, heaven is referenced uh, as paradise. When you look at Genesis, and it talks about Adam and Eve and the place that God allowed them to be, he gave them a place uh, of Eden uh, called paradise. Paradise. When Nehemiah needed uh, some lumber and he had to go and say, hey king, would you help by, by getting us some lumber to be able to help rebuild this wall? The Bible says that the area where this untouched lumber, this beautiful nature area, was described as paradise. You see, the scriptures record that there is actually a real paradise that paradise is not the beach, The paradise is not the sand. I mean, for me, that's what I can think of for me on this earth is as close as I'm gonna to get to paradise is if I've got my, my, my toes in the water and, and my tail in the sand, right? So uh, if you got efforts, good for you. Wink, wink. So, but the rest of us, so that's for me as close as I can get. But, but for, uh, for us in, in thinking about our eternal destiny, There's actually a real paradise called heaven. And the Christmas story is a story, one, where God stepped out of the paradise of heaven, beautiful, undisturbed, holy, righteous, pure, undefiled, and he stepped out of all of that. And he stepped into the mess, and the muck, and the mire, and the sin that you and I inhabit, this this place called earth. And so God, the story of Christmas is essentially that God left paradise to come down here and introduce himself, reintroduce himself to his kids and say, hey kids, I want to invite you to paradise with me. And so while we are sitting here, we look and just say, man, I just want to be alone, I want to be, no matter what you're doing in life, you just want joy want peace you want to be left be some of you you want to be left be and you want to do it out on a mountaintop some of you want to be left be and you want to be with bay but but whoever you are and whatever you're doing you're trying to find joy and peace in your life and i'm telling you what you're looking for is a glimpse of paradise but there's one paradise that the god of all the universe has come to this earth to tell you to look for and it's the paradise of heaven it is our inspiration. You see, the inspiration is that paradise is real, and it feeds our every healthy desire. Every healthy desire you have on this earth, it comes from a place called heaven. Every good gift, the scripture says, come from our father. It comes from our father above. Everything that's ever come to you that's good, the, the scripture, the Bible tells us that God Himself ran through His fingertips to get it to you. That that you are blessed, and you are blessed again and again and again and again, even if, this is the weird thing, even if you deny the blesser. There's this idea of common grace. God gives common grace. God allows the rain to come on the just and the unjust. God allows the goodness to fall on just and unjust. And so coming to Christ, coming to faith, is not a lottery ticket where everything goes great after that. But the thing is, is that paradise, God gives you all good things. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Now if that's true, then that means that every good thing you long for can be found in paradise. John 1, to 1-5 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Look at this. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And in the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. Paradise. Every good desire that you have in your life that is healthy and right and pure, all of that comes from a God who put that desire in your heart. And the paradise that you seek and you want to build, you're just trying to build a shadow of the one that really is already in existence for you the one that jesus came to invite you back to you want to take your corner of the world and you want to make it peaceful and you want to make it joyful and you want to make it loving and you want to make it kind and god says hey tolly uh i've already done that and i'm inviting you in christmas is about inspiration it's about the paradise being real it's also about incarnation Paradise has a path. That path is through Jesus. The incarnation means that, that, that God came into the flesh. God came and lived a life like you would understand. That if you met Jesus, there's an, there's an old uh, expression that, hey, I love your Jesus. I don't like your Christians. Have you ever been there? Like, I, I, I love Jesus. Jesus himself is loving and kind and, and pure. and right. He's a great dude. You'd want to hang out with Jesus. In fact, if you read the Bible... If you read the Bible, multiple times, Jesus is being accused of hanging out with the worst of the worst. And if you look at Jesus' response, he doesn't look at religious zealots and go, Man, I feel really terrible that I hung out with that person. No! He's like, forget y'all! I'm going to hang out with the ones that need it. And he says, you know what? I, I don't come. We don't have hospitals except for the sick. And if you get rid of the sick, you have no need for the hospital. So bring the sick on. Bring the broken on. Bring the hurting on. Bring the people that are not cut out for it. Bring the people that don't have it all together. Bring the people that are working on their second marriage. Bring the people who've had an abortion. Bring the people who who feel like all hope is lost. Bring them all in. The scripture says even that when you go and you can proclaim the love of Jesus, that if you don't get a a good first round, you keep going until more and more come. And you quit looking after the desirable people in life. And you go out and you find the most broken, hurting, busted, and disgusted person and invite them into your family. That is the kingdom of God. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus. Incarnation. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. This is the video you just watched. A decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town in order to register. So Joseph went up from Nazareth in Galilee to Judah and to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time for the baby to be born came, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloth and she laid him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I would too. This is my parenthetical reference. If a ton of angels just dropped down over my shoulder, started talking to me, I need new underwear. I'm just telling you, I need some change in my life. I need change in my life. If that happens. So, just fair warning if, if, it, if it happens. And, and so there were shepherds living out there. Angels came down and they said this. Don't be afraid. Good, too late. I bring you good news that will be cause for great joy to all the people. How many people? All the people. This is good news for everybody. Not the elite. Not the ones that got it all together. Not the ones that are uh, snooty and lifting their nose in the air. Not the ones that drink their, their iced tea with their pinkies in the sky. Everybody is welcome. For this good news, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapping cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, now, if a couple of angels wasn't enough, look at this. Suddenly, verse 13, a great company of heavenly hosts. I describe this as the sister act choir of heaven. Tons of heavenly angels come down and they start to sing. They're praising God and they say, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth, peace on those on whom his favor rests. I don't, don't you know some people need peace around Christmas? I don't know if you know, but you've got some family members that need peace. I, I, I got a text message today from somebody who lost a family member this year, and they said, listen, would you please at the church just remember us? We're hurting. And I immediately wrote back, and I said, I know you're hurting, and I'm hurting with you, and we're praying for you. There are people that need peace. You have family, you have neighbors, you have coworkers. We all need peace. I don't care how you try to go about it, whether you're loud and you growl, or whether you're quiet and you're sheep and you walk away, you're seeking out peace. I want you to know your Father in heaven understands that cry of your heart. Your Father in heaven wants you to have peace. But in this world, you're going to have a shadow. I describe it like my children when they're on the beach. They'll go and they'll build a sandcastle and they'll put a lot of work in for three and four hours. But what is it about sandcastles when the tide comes in? It all gets washed away. Many of us are building our lives and investing our lives into a paradise that will get washed away. I want to encourage you to think about investing your life into the paradise that will never go away. God desires to give you peace. When the angels had left them and gone in the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. And when they saw him, they spread the word concerning what had happened with this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary. Everybody say, "But but Mary. But Mary. You'd be so good. You'd be so good to just take time and learn from Mary throughout this entire Christmas story. If all you did was just study her and follow her, she had a great, great, great example of a life. But Mary treasured up all these things. She wasn't worked up. She wasn't stirred up. All the noise around her wasn't getting her. She found out what was important, and she treasured up those things in her heart. So many of us get caught up in all the noise. We get caught up in all the drama. The more social plugged in, the more disconnected we really are. But Mary said, you know what? Let's treasure up what's important. Let's ponder these things in our hearts. Tonight, that's all I'm asking you to do. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which they had just been told. So we've got in- inspiration. We've got incarnation. God himself came into this earth. And here's what he offers. He offers the third one inspiration. Paradise is available to all who would overcome through Jesus Christ Revelation 2:7 says this He who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the church To him who overcomes everybody say overcome. overcome Overcome I will grant you to eat of the tree of life which is in the where paradise of God Everyone who will overcome this life I got news for you in the flesh You've probably learned by now, if you've lived more than a couple of years, in the flesh, you're not going to get to overcome the sting of death. You're not going to get to overcome the sting of sin. You're not going to get to go through this life very long and not have mud thrown on you that you did not deserve. And so what does it mean when the scripture says, hey, whoever overcomes is going to get to eat of the tree of life? What it means is there is an overcomer, and his name's Jesus. And Jesus came to be your overcomer. And so what you have to do is you have to put your life into that baby's hands, who grew up to be fully God, fully man, walked this earth, lived the perfect life, an example of a life. He got up on a, a cross, a Romans executioner's cross, and he voluntarily died on that cross for your sin. He's the overcomer. He traded his perfect life for your broken one. He traded his eternal home in paradise to come down into your pain. That was the eternal trade-off that was made at Christmas. At Christmas, when Jesus was coming in, the scripture says that he was coming to save his people from their sin. And so at Christmas, it's really simply a call to say, hey, stop trying to create your own paradise. Join the one that God has already created for you. Revelation 2, 7, and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To him who overcomes, I'll grant to eat of the tree of life. Your victory is not found in the sin in this world. Your victory is not even found in creating a false and fleeting paradise all on your own. Your victory, your overcoming victory comes when you overcome the ways of the world, when you overcome the idea of of, of your sin in yourself, the idea of pride that somehow you can do it all on your own. The victory, the overcoming victory comes when you understand that we're not God, but God has come to give us victory. God has come to lay himself down, the ultimate example of sacrifice and humility, so that you can say thank you and have the victory in Jesus. Many of us, we're 18 inches away from heaven. There's an old adage that you can be 18 inches away. You can hear the message of the invitation and the call to come, and you can understand it, and you might even agree with parts of it, and you might even say, hey, I kind of like Jesus, but it's never settled in on those other 18 inches from your head to your heart. Many of us are 18 inches from heaven. We understand it. We've heard it. This isn't our first Christmas service. We even come on Easter, and and in 18 inches away, 18 inches away, it never sets in. And so today, I want to call you. I want to compel you. I want to give you the invitation. That's the last of the four. An invitation. There is a paradise. You're trying to build one. You're trying to live one. You're trying to have as much peace as you can on this terrible, ugly earth. But there really is a paradise. The invitation is for you to come. Know that Jesus purchased that ticket with his blood. Paradise called heaven that your heart longs for. It's available to you. Would you trust Jesus and give access? The scripture Tells us that we go to heaven not by our good works. You don't go to heaven by serving in a church. You don't go to heaven by looking good and putting on nice clothes. You don't go to heaven by any of that garbage. You don't go to heaven by impressing me. That's a low bar. Can I go ahead and tell you? It's a really low bar. Ask my wife. She's like, no, don't, don't do that. Don't try to impress people. Don't try to impress pastors. Don't try to get religious people to like you. What you should do, though, is just say, Lord... You've designed me as a part of your kingdom. I am your son. I am your daughter. And you have built an eternal paradise available to me. Am I missing you by 18 inches? Do I understand that you came and you, you were born as a lowly, poor peasant in a stall? And you lived a perfect life and you voluntarily died so that I would not have to die. Everybody in this room, you have an option. You have an option to... To live once and die twice. Or you can die one time, the physical death, but live twice. That all comes because of what you do with Jesus. When you get to heaven, he's not going to care that you came to captivate. When you get to heaven, he's not going to care how much money you have. you get to heaven, he's not going to care how popular you were, how many likes you got on social media, what kind of clothes you're wearing. He does not care. When you get to heaven, the question is going to be this. What did you do with my son, Jesus? I didn't sacrifice him on the cross for people to take him lightly. What did you do with Jesus? And so while we celebrate Merry Christmas, the birth, the coming of Christ, really who came was God in the flesh to save you and free you and give you new life. And that, my friends, is worth celebrating. Doing religious rituals and going to church just for the church's sake, that is not good at all. But if you can understand that you're loved by God, And there's people out there that would say, Pastor, you don't know my story. You don't know what I think. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I did before I walked in here. Let me tell you, friends, Jesus used over and over and over the worst in this world to build up his kingdom. You have not committed a sin that is too far for the arms of God. You have not uh, ruined the ability for God to love you. In fact, if you could could break God's love, then God's not God. You are. His love for you is overwhelming. And he's calling you to come to his paradise, not the one you're trying to make on your own. Give your life to him. Learn, listen, follow, walk. And he'll lead you and guide you to the paradise that you're longing for. I pray today that you would do this with me. You would admit that you're a sinner. Now, don't do it. This is rude. But you could look all around this room and say, hey, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. But all of us can admit that. We, we fall short of God's standard. What do you do with that sin, though? Christianity says you should believe that Jesus died for that sin, to take it away from you. And then you confess, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, you're my healer, you're my forgiver, I love you. Thanks for loving me. That, my friends, is the essence of Christianity. So today, all across this room, I'm going to give you the invitation. The invitation is this. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. We're going to pray together as a, as, as a, as a community. But as you do, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to say, you know what? If you would like to trust Christ to, to, as Savior today, if you want to tell God, God, I agree with you that Jesus died for me. All my sin is washed away through the blood of Christ. And I am forgiven. I am made new now. I am yours. I don't understand it all yet, but I'm ready to call you Dad. And if you're at that place in life where you say, you know what? I'm ready to make that real for my life. I will not embarrass you. All I'm going to ask is our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to invite you to lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. As you pray, I'm praying with you. And for all of us who would, the Scripture says, whosoever will, will come to him and find forgiveness and healing and restoration. And you can know for sure, for certain, forever, that no matter what happens to you, there'll be a day where you'll enter into paradise.